Fans, we're back with NEC on the run on the NEC Overtime Pod. As always, this is Ron Ratner here with Ryan Peters at Pioneer underscore Pride on Twitter. Ryan, we have a lot to get through this week. Ready to go? Let's do it. Let's start with our weekly takeaways. Ryan, have at it. I mean, you have to highlight Merrimack. They're 3-0 in this week and a half uh, period. They've played really well. Um, I don't know if many people were, were counting Joe Gallo's group out, but you, you think about it. From mid-November into December, they literally practiced like a dozen times over a 40-day span. So that's pretty tough to go into league play in January when, when you have that um, lack of uh, practicing and kind of, you know, building cohesion. And so, but Merrimack's played a lot better of late. They, they swept FDU. They, they won their first game at LIU last night. Uh, the defense is back. They've held four straight opponents to under a point per possession. Mikey Watkins, Jordan Miner, we're going to talk about him more. They're in there. Um, Mikel Deering shooting threes. The offense is looking a little bit better now. And, uh, you know, they're, they're only a game and a half out of first now, Ron, you know, and before they were one and three, but Joe Gallo is going to look to defend his regular season title from last year. Maybe, maybe defend his regular season coach of the year title. Like there's, he won it for a reason. And it wasn't all Javaris Hayes and and the rest of the seniors last year. There are players that can play here and he knows what he's doing. And we're just, just so you know, we're taping this before game two of the LIU series uh, on Thursday, but it has been an impressive three game stretch with the wins over FDU and LIU for Merrimack for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And then you look at the rest of the league, you know, there were, there were five other teams that played in this week and a half stretch where, um, they didn't, they weren't perfect. They, they, they won at least one game and they lost at least one game. So it kind of speaks to once again, the parody in this league, you know, you have St. Francis university, you have central Connecticut sacred heart. They split their games this week. Um, and we've, we've seen good glimpses out of each team, but in Mount St. Mary's as well, split their uh, set with central Connecticut. So um, I think Bryant looks pretty good as the one seed right now. I mean, I'm not going to call them a one seed, but I think they look pretty good to making that top four for the NEC tournament, given their schedule and how they've played so far. It's going to be a dogfight for the remaining spots, to be honest with you. And, and, you know, seeing what we saw the last week and a half kind of bears that out. Everybody's still in it. I know there's only four spots this year, but everybody I think is a sweep away, a winning sweep away from being right there. And that's why these games are so much fun. And that's why I think the intrigue will continue well into February before you see teams potentially dropping off and um, being mathematically uh, eliminated from a, a playoff spot. That's the thing. We have a lot of basketball ahead of us. Most teams still have to play nine to 13 games in the next month of play. And, you know, hopefully knock on wood, they get through with these COVID protocols and whatnot. But I mean, that's a lot of basketball. And you could, like you said, have really quick swings week to week. And there it goes. Ryan said it. Plenty of basketball still to be played. A month left in the regular season should be a really good finish here in the NEC. And those are our weekly takeaways. Ryan, let's have a little fun with this week's Twitter timeout that takes us to Brooklyn. Yeah, you know, Larry Moreno, San Francisco, Brooklyn, he's the king of, uh, of trick shots. But LIU, you know, kind of getting a piece here, you know, from Alex Rivera's Twitter account, he's showing every, showing the Sharks' ability to drain, drain the long-range jumper. You know, you see the three guys, the spin moves, the synchronized release, and all of them finding the bottom net with Ty Flowers in the back. I think he hit that shot from Queens, quite honestly. And, <laughs> You know, this video kind of has like a TikTok feel to it, right? I'd love to get Luke Ruggery. You know, he's got 700,000 uh, 700, plus followers on TikTok. I'd love to get his take on this. 
It was fun for sure. LIU getting it done on social media this week for our Twitter timeout. Now we go under the radar, Ryan, and we have a sharpshooter from Fairfield. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to Sacred Heart again for under the radar, and it's Mike Sixsmith of Sacred Heart. I, I know he's got an NEC Rookie of the Week honor to in his uh, in his arsenal, but, you know, if you watch him play and you watch that second game and that win against St. Francis University, his impact in that game was was undeniable, and he doesn't need to dominate the ball to do it. So his game is kind of like an under-the-radar type of game in that, you know, he's got 28 assists to seven turnovers. He's got a four-to-one turnover assist-to-turnover ratio, which is incredible. He's making more than 50% of his threes, and, you know, defensively, he has great instincts, too. He had a couple steals in that, in that win against St. Francis University. He's just such a heady player. Kind of, him and Maxwell Land are similar in the sense that they never force it. They're never sped up. They're under control. They always take open shots. They always find good passing lanes and they'll drive to the basket when they have to. I mean, these two, Landon Sixsmith in particular, they're going to be really good players as their reps go up. They're quietly consistent from game to game. And in this league and in any league, you can never have enough shooters, guys that can put the ball in the hoop. They both do it. And Mike Sixsmith is, you know, nationally ranked in a, you know, effective field goal percentage, true shooting percentage, offensive rating, he's going to be a good one. And, and there's plenty of good young players out there at Sacred Heart right now. Yeah, he's third in the country right now in Ken Palm's offensive rating at about 150. Um, and he's second right now in three-point percentage in the NEC play at, at 50%. So, and also eighth in assist rate at 24.4%. So, I mean, he's just doing it all right now for Anthony Latina. You think of Tyler Thomas and Aaron Clark is the leaders of that offense, but Sixsmith is a great role player that kind of supports those guys. Mike Sixsmith, under the radar, but maybe not for long. Ryan, time for Star Watch. We're going back to Merrimack. We mentioned him earlier. Who's it going to be? 6'8 sophomore Jordan Miner. I mean, he's, he's coming off an NEC Player of the Week honor. Um, and he's been fantastic in, in Joe Gallup's offense, you know, averaging 14 points, nearly 10 rebounds a game, has one point, one and a half blocks per game. You know, he didn't go, he went last season without a double-double, and granted he wasn't playing a ton of minutes, but now he's got four double-doubles in seven games for the Warriors. He's corralled 25 offensive rebounds. He's first in the NEC in offensive rebounding rate. Um, per, per game, just a big physical presence down low. And, you know, he's been consistent, but what's really surprised me is he's also passing the ball too. He, he's had 10 assists in the sweep over FDU and then that victory against LIU. So he's sharing the basketball. He's unguardable down low, you know, 6'8", 240. Um, and if he could start shooting threes, man, watch out. He's going to be, he's already an incredible player. He's, he's going to be one of the front runners for most improved player, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that's a loaded lineup for improved player this year. But Jordan Miner has been unbelievable. Like, this is the type of big in the NEC you don't always see every year. And there are some good ones. And you have, you know, you have Mark Flagg, you know, comes to mind. But, wow, what the work he does inside, and you're right, if as he develops an outside game, he's going to be unstoppable. And it's just what Merrimack needs. They needed somebody to, to hit the boards. Uh, that was their weakness last year. And he's getting it done this year. And, it, and his performance – uh, has helped Merrimack to this three-game win streak that we spoke about earlier. Yeah, and he's provided a big impact defensively because last year Merrimack was not great defensive rebounding uh, with that zone, but he's kind of fortified the back end of that zone, and Merrimack's been much better at defensive rebounding, and obviously Miner's a big part of that. Jordan Miner, he's our star watch player this week. NEC Player of the Week, easy pick this week, Ryan, right? 
Yeah, Nigel Scantleberry and his step back three to push Central Connecticut to victory over the mount. They were down they were down six with about three minutes remaining. They had a seven percent chance of winning that game, according to Ken Palm, but Scantleberry really brought it in the end. And the thing about this play, this play of the uh, play of the week was, you know, Krishna misses the the open two. And then, you know, not really talked about Carrington Wallace gets the offensive rebound to keep the possession alive. And he did it against Mount St. Mary's and Mount St. Mary's, by the way, is the best at preventing offensive rebounds from their opponent. And he did it over Malik Jefferson. So for Wallace to keep the possession alive and then Scantleberry to kind of drain that shot with about four seconds left, a critical win for Central Connecticut is that as they, they stay um, in pace for that, for that, you know, for, for a final playoff spot and now three and six in the NEC. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Unsung hero there, Carrington Wallace, Scantleberry, who, who had not shot the three ball well this season, confidently takes the step back, step back makes the shot, gives uh, Central a good win over Mount St. Mary's. And that was our play of the week. Now it's our NEC milestone segment. And today we are targeting Mark Flagg at SFU. Yeah, he grabbed uh, his 500th rebound on Wednesday. He's now got 505 rebounds for his career at St. Francis, 735 points. And he's now one block shy of reaching 100 blocks uh, for his career. Um, you know, he's been, flag's been as steady as they come throughout his career in Loretto. Um, this year, he's enjoying season highs in, in offensive rating, defensive rebounding rate, assist rate. His game has really grown. I think, you know, the problem with flag has been he's gotten a little bit into foul trouble here. And it's kind of curtailed his minutes. If he could really give, if he could kind of better curtail his minutes and give Rob, you know, 20, Rob Krimmel 25 to 30 minutes a game, that's going to be a real boon to St. Francis University because he's just, he's invaluable on the floor. And, and now they're running a lot of post offense through him because he's so good with his footwork, um, with finishing with both hands around the rim. And, uh, you know, just, just a really good four-year senior for, for Rob Krimmel and St. Francis. Yeah, I noted yesterday his passing too, his passing out of the high post is nice. He's yeah. thrown some dimes this year and um, the, you're right. And you can play off him from the high post and he can take it to the hole. Uh, he's hitting some mid range shots and he's great underneath. He's strong. So we talked about Jordan minor, Mark flag, another really good post player here in the NEC and congrats on his uh, 500th rebound. Ryan, now a little deja vu for our game to watch this week. We are going back to Brooklyn because it is the battle of Brooklyn this Saturday. Yes, you know, LIU at St. Francis, Brooklyn, four o'clock Saturday on ESPN3 and SNY. Um, always, always a pleasure to watch these games. You know, since the 2012-13 season, these programs are deadlocked at nine wins and nine losses apiece. Um, and I'm expecting a track meet. These teams love to get up and down the floor, given their guard-heavy rotations or willingness to pay with, play with pace. They're both, last time I checked, top 30 nationally in tempo. Um, and then you have one of the better offenses in St. Francis, Brooklyn, their fourth right now in league play, playing against one of the better defenses in LIU. And I, in particular, Travis Adson versus Ty Flowers, two of the best stretch forwards you're going to find in this league going at it. It's going to be really interesting. The game's always great. I don't care that there are no fans there. It'll be intense. And I would be remiss, as always, if I did not mention that these two teams played a game that was once 142 to 140 back in 2003, where the great Antoine Doby had 53 points and 15 assists. Uh, NEC record 53 points and 15 assists in the greatest single game performance that I've ever seen. So there we go. Coming at you this week, this Saturday, four o'clock, SNY, ESPN3, St. Francis, Brooklyn, and LIU renew their neighborhood rivalry.
Along with our Battle of Brooklyn TV game, you can watch the rest of the NEC slate this weekend on Saturday and Sunday for free, as always, on NEC Front Row. Ryan, that's a wrap on NEC On The Run. Thanks for joining us. We might have a special guest next week. We'll see. Joining us here on the podcast. Thanks again. My pleasure. We have weekend basketball coming up. I can't wait. Should be a fun weekend. We will see you next week on NEC On The Run, as always, on the NEC Overtime Pod.